Hello, you're listening to Bricks and Mortar from EG with Sarah Jackman. On today's podcast, I'm joined by Jake Edwards, graduate surveyor at Cushman and Wakefield, Eleanor Hemsley, graduate surveyor at Lambert Smith Hampton, and Louise Lawrence, apprentice surveyor at Savills. All three have been involved in an EG series charting their initial steps into real estate with the latest feature published in early October. Louise, Ella, Jake, thank you all so much for joining me this morning. I know it's the first time we've got together as a group, despite having collaborated for a number of years now. How have you all found being involved in the feature? It's been really good. I've loved being a part of it. Kind of get to follow, get to look back in the next few years and see how you've kind of progressed. So yeah, it's definitely been great been really enjoyable and it's been quite nice to to be reflective each year when it's come round to see how much progress we've made not only within university but our own careers as well so it's been interesting as well to reflect on the market and how much that's changed over the last few years it's been quite hectic to say the least. Yeah I'd agree it's good to put thoughts on paper every now and then and like you say you can reflect back on things over the years. We've picked up on a number of themes over the years but I think just for anyone who hasn't followed the, the series in print, perhaps it's worth just rewinding slightly and tell us a little bit first about how you all became interested in a career in real estate initially. For me personally, mine came out through my A-levels. Whilst I was studying geography and other things, we did an extended project, which we basically had the choice of picking whatever topic we wanted to do. And I decided to pick how the financial crisis of 2008 impacted the property market. And that's when I started to find that I really enjoyed the real estate industry, reviewing how markets impact house prices and bill costs and developments in general. And from that, really, my love for property grew. I managed to apply for Savills later on in the year. And ever since then, that's how my career has developed. And it's been a, a set pathway. And that was my entry into the industry. And Jake, how about you? Well, I'll try not to be too much of a cliche, but my parents were both involved with property when I was around three or four years old. So Brought into some good areas. My my dad kind of develops properties, one by one residential properties. So I kind of got involved with looking over his shoulder at the more architecture uh, side and the, the design side of property. So I got involved in lots of his work just from input, giving ideas, things like that. And actually ended up doing architecture at Oxford Brooks only for about 10 weeks though. You've changed then from the architecture side to pursuing the real estate degree that I know that you ended up doing at at UWE. Yeah, exactly. And Ella, how about you? What what led you into a career in in real estate? Mine started when yeah I was a bit younger, like Jake. So my mum did some student residential stuff just herself. So she would kind of go and buy the properties and then furnish them out and everything. So I was always kind of again on her shoulder, kind of looking and getting involved. And we also used to move quite a lot. So I was always really interested in going to the viewings and having my say and where we were going to. Just had an interest in it when I was kind of growing up, just on the backhand. Kind of wanted to do business, thought that was just quite a simple, easy way to go. So then when I was looking for my degree, I was like, oh, I'll just do business and see what happens. And then, yeah, when I went to Trent, they had real estate. And then I was looking at it and I was like, oh, I can put what I like into practice and kind of do the commercial side of it yeah I did some work experience in London doing agency before I kind of picked my degree really loved it 
and then I've chosen my degree and now I'm here. So definitely the right decision that I made to have it. So Louise, you, you mentioned that you found the position at, at Savills. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, you, you decided to take the apprenticeship route qualification. Just tell me a little bit about what led you into that particular route and, and how you found it really. It wasn't what I initially planned to do. I was actually due to go to Plymouth University and study law. And then I was going to do a conversion course for property law afterwards. So I knew the industry was something I wanted to be in one way or another, but I was going down the law route initially. However, for me, I knew university, the traditional way, wasn't quite what suited my personality. I preferred being a bit more at home or closer to family and friends. And the social side of things wasn't something I was overly bowled over by so it wasn't really something that I saw as an opportunity I was going for kind of the education side more than anything else and future career prospects my careers advisor at my school found the apprenticeship online through Savills just offering it and from there we basically agreed that it would be a good idea to apply even if it's just good practice because any interview experience is really good experience and from there it kind of flourished so I had my two interviews and, and passed through and then started in uh, July 2019 and it never looked back since so to give a kind of background on my apprenticeship it's five years long uh, four years of that is a degree with the University College of Estate Management so I'm doing the real estate degree and I'm doing the valuation pathway and then for two years I also do an APC which is an assessment of professional competence and once if everything goes to plan I pass that I'll be a qualified chartered surveyor the last year of my degree overlaps with the first year of my APC so that's where I currently am sitting I started my APC in February this year and started my final year of my degree in September so it's slightly a whirlwind at the moment and lots going on from all different angles but hopefully if everything goes to plan by the beginning of 2024 I will be sitting my APC and fingers crossed finish the year as a chartered surveyor. And, and you sort of allude to it there, you've obviously got a lot of plates spinning at the moment. Tell me how you found managing that and, and getting the right work-life balance and right study work balance as well. Yeah, so it's taken years of practice at this point. I'm uh, yeah, entering into that fourth year, but it requires a lot of self-motivation and a lot of drive. With the distance learning at university, it's essentially on your shoulders. You don't have in-person lectures that you attend or set meetings that you have or one-to-ones with tutors. You are very much self-directed in how you study, when you choose to study and the amount of work that you do. So with Savills, I identified as a specific day that is designated to study. And alongside that, I tend to do a couple of evenings during the week and try to keep my weekends free as possible to enable that healthy balance of work during the work days in the evening, pick up a little bit of study, chip away at the, the week's work and any assignments that are due, have the Fridays, which I use as my study days as a set day to really knuckle down on things and then have that weekend to relax, to see friends, pick up hobbies and have that balance that way. It was a little tricky, I won't lie, to begin with in the first year, but I think because I came straight out of A-levels and went into it, I was still in that education mindset. So I still had that kind of nine to five general routine that you are conditioned into having when you go to secondary school and primary school and by that point it followed through 
quite neatly it was the it was the self-directed study that was the the biggest pickup of it all because it's completely your responsibility so yeah I found it a little tricky to begin with but I've definitely fallen into a good rhythm with it and uh, balancing it all out at the same time has it's been quite proactive and has helped a lot with work as well it's helped a lot with efficiency and, and making sure I can kind of manage my time better and uh, delegate things and provide good deadlines and stuff like that so yeah it's been really good how have you found studying alongside work from a sort of practical point of view? I mean, to what extent has it aided what you're doing in the workplace and, and vice versa? So the first couple of years of my degree were quite diverse, as it's a degree that also is run for students that apply generally. There was a lot of management and law and economics elements that weren't directly linked to my job role. So for the first couple of years, it was very much this is the, the basis, the building blocks that I would like lay the foundations for for the future of the career. And that also was available for other students. So it was tricky to kind of pick out bits of information that were specifically relevant but as the years went on it was a lot more tailored to what I'm doing in my job role and valuation in general and just a lot more specific to where my career is is aiming so it was easy in the sense that I found direct links and it was really really useful my, my team and my colleagues have been really supportive the whole journey they'll assist with assignments or explain anything from a work side of view how the university are explaining it so it was really great to get both perspectives and I was able to then either apply work things to the university and to my assignments or I was able to take information that I had learned from university dig a bit deeper question my colleagues on it and actually apply it in practice so whether that was on site visits or certain valuation methods it was a balancing act between each two and they complemented each other well. Ella and Jake, I know you both graduated from three-year full-time degrees over the summer. How did you find the three-year courses? And then I guess also it'd be useful to know a little bit about how you started to think about what comes next in terms of career and really how you started to gear up for your job searches. When I was at Nottingham Trent, it started in kind of COVID time. So it definitely was different to how you would normally experience the uni life, especially it kind of moved online learning, um, didn't really have one-to-ones, didn't really meet the kind of other students. Um, so it's definitely different. But in the final year, we managed to all come together. So it definitely worked out really well. And I feel like even though obviously being online isn't what everyone wants, at least now, like when I work from home, I know fully that I can discipline myself and that work is work and home is home. And then you'll also be able to come in the office and meet everyone and kind of connect on that level. And then, yeah, because of COVID, and obviously it's very competitive, when you're applying to graduate programmes, I was literally thinking about graduate jobs and experience from the get-go. I think at Nottingham Trent, they kind of push that in you like it's so competitive like you really need to get everything that you can um you really need to stand out so yeah well, I applied to kind of student mentors um things kind of open days volunteering I did an insight day at Savills in my first year and then in my second year instead of taking the whole gap year I just decided not to I just decided to do the whole three years I did summer work experience instead so then I could add that on so it's not like I didn't take a whole year out I'm going to lose the whole year of experience at least I've got 
three or four months of full-time working that I can add in. And that was in residential agency. So that was really good to kind of apply now into the job, even with phone calls and stuff. I was doing a lot of phone calls there. I think if you come straight out of uni and you haven't done any experience, even being on the phone and calling other agents is quite daunting, I feel. It's definitely prepared me well. And then, yeah, when I was applying for graduate programmes, literally started, I think, about November, maybe, and was just taking the time in the evenings, really kind of fixing my CV to whatever company it was. Otherwise, I think that you kind of just get left in the crowd. Yeah, and then just taking the time to prep for the interviews. It definitely took up a lot of my time. I would definitely say that. And Jake, how how about you? I mean, how how was the whole sort of university experience? And then going into that job search, how did you find that? And how did you really prepare for that? The uni experience was definitely a unique one, I'd say, like Ella touched on well, during the COVID time. Um, it was quite challenging, obviously, to work from home, um, quite a new experience. But I generally, I, I think Louise touched on it, I wasn't really too keen on the social side of uni or that didn't really bother me too much so in terms of the experience I tried to treat it like a nine to five so in terms of getting the work done I think treating it in in that way you're able to manage your time a little bit better and everything seems relatively easy to get done in terms of the workload throughout uni it was quite a relaxed chilled out process I'd say um, with a pinch of salt but going forward obviously into the second year I think there's quite a lot of pressure for everyone to go away and do placements. I think that can put you in really good stead, obviously, for experience. It goes towards your APC, or it can do if it's relevant. You get to meet people in in the industry. You start making your own network and, and things like that. So I think universities definitely try and push that. But at UE, they're very much, you know, if you if you feel like you can do the three years without a placement, make your own connections, you know, throughout your time at uni you can be in a in as good a position after the three years to, to get a good grad scheme anyway. So that was my game plan all along. I think things need time and I'm not too keen to rush them, but doing the three years and then going straight into the APC was definitely a bit of a game plan. So yeah, it's, it's been a good process and luckily managed to secure a, uh, a placement, which yeah, like Ella said, was very competitive. Loads of people going for them. It's quite daunting as well, everything being online. You're not able to actually meet people in these group sessions where really that's where personalities come out and you can build relationships with people more. So, yeah, definitely a challenging experience, but overall don't really look back on it and think like it was a bad process. You touch on the interview processes there. I mean, how prepared did each of you feel when you were going into the interview process? I mean, did you feel that you had sufficient preparation and understanding of what was to come? Yeah, I think I I think I did. I think I really tried to focus on each company and like all their values and stuff, because obviously they do ask you that. And that is a key thing. Like if you don't know their values, then... Yeah, you haven't prepped well enough, I don't think. It's more about being yourself as well and kind of getting your personality out. I think that's part of it. Even though when I was doing my interviews, I don't know about you, Jake and Louise, but I had the kind of pre-recorded online 
interviews where it kind of pops up as a question and then it records you giving an answer and that was pretty daunting and I definitely was not prepared for that like I think you can prepare all you want with your answers but the fact of kind of having to just speak to a computer screen I definitely was not prepared for that but I think I did okay but those were definitely daunting and I, obviously I think because at uni and because of COVID that's how those interview kind of styles have worked because obviously then you don't have to be in person so yeah I just don't think that at university they kind of warned or prepared you for how those kind of things are going to be but overall yeah it was okay. Yeah see interestingly I didn't have that I was quite fortunate in the sense that because I started uh, summer of 2019 I was at Savills for six seven months before the pandemic properly hit so for me mine was an in-person interview both of them were in-person interviews I had set questions prior that you had to actually answer but they were written ones they weren't uh, video evidence ones but I do know there are quite a few people out there that do have to do them and they do sound terribly scary I'm quite fortunate that (laughs) I've not done those but it's the same as, as Ella's touched on prepping for the company that you're applying for is probably single-handedly one of the most important things you could possibly do. If you are tailoring your CV to each company, you're tailoring your reactions to each company, every company is different, everyone has different morals, different standards, and they're all looking for different things. And if you're not allocating your time and you're not amending your CV to to reflect that, it doesn't really show that you've had that more in-depth review of the company you're you're hoping to apply for you show a lot more initiative and a lot more willing and enthusiasm almost into the company if you've had that deep dive and you've looked at their recent market research that they've put out or they're reflecting on the current house prices whatever you're applying for and it goes for all jobs really whatever you're applying for as long as you've got insight onto what their company is it enables you to also ask those questions in the interview and that in itself shows people that you are being interviewed by that you've taken an interest in the company you've actually gone that one step further delved a little deeper into the company and what they provide and and the market research they put out there and shown that actually you do know what you're talking about because it's all almost showing off that you do have an idea of what's going on and you can do this and you are capable for the role that you're applying for. I very much agree with um, what what both of you have just said and it's funny because in commercial real estate there's that uh, acronym know your client it's constantly pushed around So I think knowing your company as well is just as important when you're going for these roles. But in terms of knowing about market research when you're going into interviews, the companies aren't expecting you to know everything. So if you've really honed in on areas of the market that you actually quite enjoy reading about, it's a bit more genuine when you're talking about it and you can give really good, quite in-depth answers because you're actually invested in in that area in the market. So I think reading up on areas that you're interested in. And then putting those across as questions and in interviews is quite a good way to strike up conversations and show that you know you've got some commercial awareness. Joe, you mentioned before the networking side of things and, and building contacts. How important has that been to each of you in terms of starting your professional development? I think it's one of the biggest things that you can do starting in an industry because I think any industry, but especially property, which is a people's industry, it seems like the more your name is out there, the more emails come across your desk, the more work flows to you, the more you get raised in or CC'd in in projects. So I think in terms of getting 
lots of um, experience and upskilling on your knowledge. I think that flows from having a bigger network. But I mean, I'm only two months in, well, coming up to about two months. So yeah, quite naive, essentially, with, with the networking at the moment. But from what I've noticed, definitely those with bigger networks seem to be a lot more active in the marketplace. So that's um, something that I'm definitely building on. Definitely agree. And I've, I've been in the industry for about three and a half years now, and that's probably been my most fortunate part of this apprenticeship is that from the get go, I've been able to run the client base and build that base alongside working and alongside getting the degree. So they've all been such key factors. But Jake's completely right. Everything is client based. The people you know, people you know who know you and, and it goes down a train of I know this person, this person, there's this person, so they can recommend on how well you've done work for them. So it's a definitely a big thing. And the sooner you can build up your client base, the better, even if it's smaller connections. And the best place really to do that is LinkedIn. And uh, it's a key thing. And I think that's probably one of my biggest bits of advice is even if you are just starting to start your degree or you're just starting to apply for jobs, having a LinkedIn, having a space that people can view you professionally and see what interests you have or things that you've done at university or whatever it is that you're posting, having that active professional social social media platform is really positive in putting out there what you're involved in and what your interests are and it just it makes it a bit more personal of a connection you feel like you're getting to know that person a little bit more than just a phone call or a a name on a brochure or or whatever it is and having client events as well it's something that Savile's quite pushed for a lot and we do a lot of invitations go out for various different things lots of drinks and, and client meetings and they are such a profound thing and without them I don't think we'd have the connections that we did and as someone who's quite young into the industry and more junior level it's extraordinary how many people I will meet just from one in client event and putting names to faces is invaluable and once they start to know your name and your face and they get to know you on a little bit more of a personal level and a little bit more of a relaxed formal level you tend to build a better positive relationship with them instead of it just being a a superficial piece of work that you've sent over just and you've been cc'd into something you're building a much more interpersonal relationship and that helps massively because you end up having better recommendations and people come back for more work so it's definitely probably the biggest key thing especially as a young professional in the industry that you can build on as as much as you can. Yeah I definitely agree I mean even in lease advisory I speak to a lot of agency kind of work we work on the tenant side quite a lot so then I speak to other agents that also work on the tenant side and we all kind of help each other out and Obviously, I don't know all of the who works for who, like tenant side yet, but having that kind of knowledge base really, really helps because obviously I'm getting comparable evidence and trying to get rental value for mine. If I don't know who's next door, someone else can then recommend me because I'm a connection with them. But yeah, I think it's just the more you build it up, the more it's going to help you. Going off what you were saying, Louise, with the events and all the networking parties and things like that, when you are developing those more personal relationships face-to-face with people I think it definitely goes a long way especially for opportunities that come forward in the future because you might not be in the same company for a while or you might be with them for your whole career so I think having those intercompany relationships as like a web of, of of a larger connection is yeah invaluable 
Louise, I know that you mentioned you'll sit your APC the year after next, I think spring 2024. What are you going to be doing just in terms of the build up to that? Um, I know you've just sort of started work on it now. What's the shape of that going to look like for you over the coming couple of years? That's stressful, I think is probably the overarching word. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. It's starting to, everything feels like it's falling into place. And I'm at that point where I'm nearly at the end of my apprenticeship. And I've been looking back with colleagues recently, and it's crazy how quickly the time's gone. And obviously, two years of which have been in unprecedented times, and no one ever saw that coming. But in general, the I'm about nine months in now to the APC, I think nine months in November. And it's been really interesting so far. I like to get a head start on things uh, in general. So I was prepping in about January for everything. So I've got my counsellor, I've got my supervisor, um, who are two obviously very, very key people in the the APC journey. I've been recording all my days and, and making sure I've got enough in relevance to different competencies, which obviously range from the big, large competencies like valuation or loan security uh, valuations or agency and consultancy, all the way down to conflict resolution and disputes and accounting principles. They're all key impacts uh, into the whole industry. So for now, it's just a case of building up those days, building up those hours, making sure I'm on top of those days and keeping up a good uh, spreadsheet essentially of absolutely everything I possibly can do and taking in as much CPD as is humanly possible and we're quite lucky to be part of Savills in that sense because they provide so much in-house. We'll have various different APC webinars, people come in to talk but they also provide a lot externally as well and a lot of links to the RICS and the CPD that's uh, available through them. So on, on top of that I will then uh, next year start to look at my case study which it's been interesting uh, since starting the fourth year of university because we found that, uh, or at least I myself have found that the case study that we can do for like the dissertation side of things can have that relation into your APC. And I'm actually quite grateful that we have to do this case study because although obviously it's going to have a massive impact on the degree and hopefully the the grade that I get it's almost prepping me for that case study research and it's allowing me to develop those skills of of research methods and making sure I'm really honing in on things which are going to be invaluable experience for the APC case study and set me off on the best foot forward to hopefully pass first time so that's essentially kind of in a whistle stop tour the the main points that I'll, I'll stick with and hopefully yeah everything goes to plan. Jay and Ella, how does the next sort of couple of years of of your programmes look like? You're obviously on rotation, I think, with the graduate programmes currently. And then what's the timeline for you in terms of APC and qualification? So at Lambert Southampton, yeah, two years of graduate programme. They're doing two rotations, so one year in each. Um, so currently I'm in lease advisory and then who knows where I'll be next time. Fingers crossed. It's a good one. And then, yeah, now I'm just starting my APC as well. Um, we had a couple of introductions maybe a few weeks ago. So literally just started. At Lambert Southampton, they have the same. They have like your counsellor, your supervisor. They do loads of tailored workshops. So I've started my CPD and my diary. So yeah, it's all the same as Louise, really. It's just great to have the support 
kind of in-house and obviously my manager and everyone has been through it as well so it's good to kind of have people to rely on and support you so I'm looking forward to it but um, I think next year yeah like you Louise is going to be the big one this year I'm kind of just going into it slowly with my calendar and my CPD and training. And Jake how about you? Yeah, very much the same. Although my um, my diary, all the Excel spreadsheets are probably a lot less filled out than um, than Louise's. I can imagine. Yeah. It's yeah, starting APC. Well, have started. So just taking notes daily, just trying to put experience to the competencies, so it all marries up, and really documenting that. So it's probably less work to do. I can imagine in two years' time or years' time when everything starts needing a bit more preparation towards the final exam, but in terms of rotation I've been told by lots of people in the industry that you should just go with the flow you know if if you're in a rotation that you didn't really envision yourself being in you might actually find that that's where you end up because you love it so much so I'm very much going in with quite a relaxed mindset of you know depends on business needs and sort of what rotations are open for for graduate positions so I think with Cushman's in Bristol it might be two rotations maybe three and um, yeah just trying to to take down as many notes as possible. And as you enter industry have your initial expectations have they aligned with your anticipation of what the industry might be like in practice has it has it lived up to expectations so far? Maybe it's just me but I don't think we ever expected to hit into a pandemic and have such a obscene market. Loads of people, people that have been in the market for years and years and years, it was a first for them, let alone starting your career in a pandemic and trying to manage everything. And what was a normal for us was not the general normal for the market. So as much as we, or as myself, have kind of entered into to the uh, real estate industry and found that I've absolutely loved the elements that I thought I would so I, I like the fact it's basically half desk based half out on site visits meeting clients I've loved that balance between the two and I've just really settled into being able to blend all the different elements together I don't think I was quite prepared for such a, a random market to be honest and it's been reflective of of that kind of resilience and to build up that knowledge in general because everything's changing every single month every single day and it's still changing now with the cost of living crisis and the rise in inflation and energy prices everything is is impacted in one way or another and it's so key to follow that market and because of that I don't think I was quite expecting such extremities so early on and to be able to reflect that in work I've been very grateful to have my colleagues that have years and years worth of experience to sit and support and to guide me through that and how we manage such a a difficult market that's been so turbulent for so long now and how we manage that through our our valuation work and an agency and consultancy and how we can portray the best information to our, our clients and assist them with any matters they need as well. And how about you, Jake and Ella? I mean, I know it's early days in terms of both of your sort of entries into your jobs, but what are your initial impressions? Overall, I think it's been quite surprising. Like Louisa said, it's been a crazy market, which we've come come into on on the tail end of that. 
um, but it still seems very exciting. There's lots going on and it seems very volatile at the moment. So I think it's still a really good kind of entry point into the market because there's so much going on, so much talk across service lines and different sectors within the business that things are getting shared. One well, finding that you pick up more information across the wider business because everyone's having to tie in together, share information, share knowledge, help each other on projects because there's less stability in what's going on at the moment. So in terms of expectations, definitely wouldn't have expected that, especially second, third year into the degree coming into yeah the industry that we're in now. But I think generally, if you join something when everything's going a little bit south, then yeah, you can only be in for the upside. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, it's definitely not what I expected in terms of the market and everything. But just in general, I think the kind of community of people, you know, everyone's got connections, everyone's chatting to each other. Um, despite what the market's doing, I think, yeah, it's really nice to be part of um, kind of the property industry and its world. And any kind of experience and anything that I get at Lambert Smithampton is great. Definitely a good start. But maybe, yeah, the expectation with the market and COVID was not <laughs> not planned. Just a final word now, because I'm, I'm conscious of time. But for anyone who's listening today, who's potentially interested in developing a career in the real estate industry, or perhaps just looking at exploring what the options might be, what sort of advice would you have for them? Go for it. Don't hold back. If you find something really niche in the property market that you find you really enjoy explore it delve deeper there will be endless amounts of knowledge research people reach out to people that you think might be helpful having those connections early on and almost just taking a bit of bravery with it is it's invaluable and it really highlights who you are as a person and people don't forget names in this industry and you build that up you remember this person oh yeah this person came and spoke to me about xyz or they wanted to know the market trends and and how it's going to impact the future and even if it's you're in university and it's for your dissertation or your case study and you're looking for uh, market research and general opinions just reach out and just go for it because you won't ever know if you don't and I think that's the the biggest thing is is taking that leap and, and having that faith in yourself to take that leap and just trust in the process and don't be afraid to explore the different angles and to go into the industry in maybe commercial, but go and have a look at architecture or go and have a look at development or agency or residential, absolutely anything. It's, a, it's an endless world and there are so many ways you can get into it and build your career and change around and just trial everything and see what fits you best. Again, I echo very much this, the same opinion. I think in terms of what you touched on earlier with expectations, it's, it's good, I think, to have fewer expectations because then you don't get disheartened when you when you go into an industry thinking it might be what you've always wanted. So definitely get out there, get as much experience as you can, be open to ideas. I think I mentioned earlier, you could be really keen on commercial or on a certain type of commercial real estate when actually, you know, you find your passion in residential. So I think being open minded, getting research, again, talking to people. It's all the same like common themes, but it's definitely noticeable when you're actually in the industry, talking to people, getting to know what people are doing. It's all just about upscaling knowledge and finding out where your passions lie. Cushman definitely pushes this, but even at a junior level, 
your opinion and your voice is very much heard and echoed across the whole business. So even if you're talking to partners, they do have the title because they've got their years worth of knowledge and experience value. But at the end of the day, they're they're very willing to listen to um, to anyone that's coming through. And I think that's the same through university. If you've got questions or you want to challenge ideas or anything like that, whether it be to lecturers or people who are currently working in the industry, like Louise, you said, it's it's just about getting in touch with people, reaching out. Some people might not reply because they think they're too busy, but some people probably will reply and give you pretty good answers. So, yeah, go for it and have fun. We're all echoing each other with the same thing. Yeah, it's just take every opportunity. I mean, even when I obviously when I started out, I mentioned that I was going to do business and then I thought about property. I did some work experience and I really liked it. If I hadn't done the work experience and taken that opportunity and just kind of given it a go, seen what it was like, then, yeah, I wouldn't be where I was now. So, yeah, I definitely think it's take every opportunity, just let your personality show. I think obviously with it being a people kind of industry, everyone wants to know who you are as a person and really make that connection. So just don't be afraid to be yourself and ask all the questions because if you don't ask, then you don't know, is what I always say. So you might as well ask. Yeah, and get loads of experience. If you're a graduate, just try and put yourself out there for everything. And just to follow on from that, sorry, um, those who may be a bit younger, your viewers and you're doing GCSEs or A-levels, there are so many opportunities out there nowadays. I couldn't thank enough Savills for running the apprenticeship scheme. It was single-handedly the best decision I've ever made in my entire life. And that's only growing. When I started out, we were about 20 apprentices and now we've got nearly over 150 and that's across the whole of the UK. That doesn't even include the grads that we have as well. So even if you're listening and it's you're quite young to it or you're just thinking out, well, maybe this is something I'm, I'm looking to do or it's something you know that you want to do if you've got family relations or whatever it may be. The options are endless and they are out there from a very young level all the way up to, to that final graduate level. There's so many kind of service lines and different parts to go into. I think if, yeah, if you don't take the opportunity and try it, you're not going to know. I'm also going to add, if anyone else is listening who's doing GCSEs or not quite got to A-levels yet, like you said, Louise, it doesn't really seem like there's much sort of scope or presence for real estate or property related courses at GCSE level. I don't think it's pushed enough because if people are quite interested in it and there's nothing available, it definitely put me off a little bit because I didn't think it was accessible at, at that kind of stage. So I think when you're going through work experience, I know you do that at at school level, college, it's definitely worth reaching out to property firms because they're always looking for um, for young talent and stuff like that. Well, Jake, Ella, Louise, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been great to have this conversation and, and just to move the conversation, I guess, beyond the pages of the EG. So thank you so much. That was Bricks and Mortar from EG with Sarah Jackman. For more on developing a career in real estate, see the archive of the Bricks and Mortar series at popbean.com and the EGI archive at egi.co.uk.